Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, this is Nadine Dietz, host of CMO Moves. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thanks so much for stopping by today and to give you a quick overview on what to expect. CMO Moves is all about game-changing leaders, their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and most importantly, their personal stories of how they got to be the leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. I hope you'll enjoy their stories as much as I do and take away a few tips and some inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to CMO Moves. Today, I have the great pleasure of chatting with two fantastic ladies who are sitting in San Francisco and I'm sitting in France, so I'm really surprised we made this work. Laura Balage, who's the CMO of Intuit, and Andrea Mallard, who's the CMO of Pinterest, are there on the other end of this mic. Laura and Andrea, hello and welcome to CMO Moves. Hi there. Hi, Nadine. Hi. I'm very excited about what we're going to talk about today. So the topic we're going to cover is actually the second installment of this cool series that Laura and I have been working on, and Laura's really been spearheading, which is all around personalization in the marketplace and how we can all become high-performance marketers, but with humanity still at the core. And so the second installment is really around platform amplification, and what better guest to have on the show than you, Andrea, Thank to you. talk about this about with Laura. Yeah. So yeah. super excited. So Laura, why don't you kick us off? Tell us a little bit about what you've been up to since our last episode and what platform amplification means to you. Yeah. So our first discussion was with Susie Deering of eBay and was a great entree into how do we better personalize using our platform and using data. As you know, uh, Intuit is really a global financial platform and we make these great products, QuickBooks, TurboTax and Mint, that are really geared to allowing people the opportunity to prosper. And what makes that happen is the fact we are a platform. We have the ability to capture data from our customers, You know, be very secure with that data, and then serve them up personalized information so that they can achieve financial prosperity. So that's why this topic is so uh, important to me. You know, it's it's fun to meet here with Andrea because Pinterest is a platform. Yes. And so I'd love to just get a better understanding of um, how you've been thinking about that and how platform kind of comes to life at Pinterest, actually. Yeah, well, what's what's interesting about Pinterest, I think, is we're a very different kind of platform. And, and all of the major platforms like ours have a purpose. Ours is fairly unique. Um, 
Pinterest is a platform that's really about personal media rather than social media. You know, we we kind of joke that it's the last positive corner of the internet, but it's a place where you come to make plans for your own life. Uh, it's not where you observe other people's lives. You don't come to argue about politics on Pinterest. <laughs> you literally come to say, who do I want to be in the future? In fact, in that way, I think our platforms are weirdly parallel. You guys do it from a financial aspect, and, and Pinterest, uh, people come for truly their whole lives, but finances plays a huge role in that. So our mission is to bring everyone in the inspiration to create a life they love. And my job, obviously, as CMO, is to make sure more and more people are, are coming to Pinterest and taking advantage yeah. of what this amazing platform can do. It's interesting because there's so much power in the idea of an open platform. Yes. On our side, we do have an open platform. And as an example of what that affords is if you are a consumer, a self-employed person, or a small business owner, you now have access if you need a, a live accountant helping you. So we now have the ability through what we call TurboTax Live and QuickBooks Live for you to actually talk to a certified pro advisor who wow. can help you with your tax situation and so forth. So that doesn't happen unless you have an open platform. Same thing. We have financial institutions who plug into the open platform and it is incredibly empowering to our users because it's personalized. Yes. And so I think this is the power of what a global platform affords you. Yeah. Well, but it sounds like you've also worked really hard on trust building, right? And so certainly for FinServe in general, you know that's job number one. And as you were speaking, I was thinking, you know, when I was growing up, my mom was a tax consultant, you know, to do your taxes 30 years ago, you had to make an appointment and wait to get a 15-minute slot with her. And to think that now it can all happen in this Completely. sort of trusted, seamless way is a pretty amazing world that we're Completely. entering into. And, you know, that's the key, right, is that um, we are really secure with the data. Yeah. And to your point, so you build that trust, you build that credibility. But the idea that you're creating value. Yeah. So in today's world, you're right. It's really hard to think, hey, I'm going to go see someone. Right. And you don't really need to do that. You can do that right from your desktop, from your mobile device. Yes. Um, and I was curious, do you think about those channels differently? Or is it just, hey, I think about it holistically and they should just access us whenever they need us. Yeah, probably a little more the latter, I would say. People come to Pinterest, A, when they need inspiration, and typically for life's big and small moments, right? So a lot of people come to say, hey, I want to cook more vegan dinners, and I'm going to get inspired from the best recipes from around the world, things I couldn't think to search for. But also they say, hey, I'm buying a new house, or I want to throw an amazing party, or I want to rebuild my home. And so for us, it's really making sure that when people come, when they're having these big life moments, that we have the best content for them in that moment. So we talk about something called the taste graph, which is really saying we're trying to build a data-led picture of the things people respond to that they might not be able to put into words. So, you know, obviously I've been at Pinterest for a year now. I've been a very heavy user in particular for the last year. And users often say to us, your home feed knows me better than I know myself. Because what we're, we're not just serving them things they've looked at before. We're serving them things that we think will really inspire them based on things that interested them in completely other categories. What's interesting, as you were talking, I was thinking more about FinServe on Pinterest, though, because 
it's it's our fastest growing category, one of our fastest growing advertising really categories. And the reason is because people are planning big life moments on Pinterest, um, and it's a very trusted platform for good reason. So just making sure, you know, what we wanted to help our advertisers understand is you want to be there for life's big and small moments, right when people are most open to those kinds of new products. That's yeah. That that's that's really interesting, and I know that we really do plan in those life phases yes. because, to your point, the minute you get married, you have that choice of do I file as a single person, do I file as a married person, that's and right. that synergy I think is really interesting. Yeah. What you're really describing is something that we. Uh, find out when we do our design for delight process or our customer-driven innovation process, which is very much driven by design thinking, but we do a proprietary approach where we do follow me homes and sometimes follow me to the offices, but we go and we do deep ethnography basically where we study a consumer and follow them throughout the day. And we see that holistic view to what they're doing similar to what you're describing because they do have different day parts. They have different contextual moments. And so how do we best show up where they are, when they need us, how they want us? And that's really, really what this is about. Yeah. Um, Well, I love that you do that kind of deep ethnography. I spent, you know, nearly a decade at IDEO, sort of the design thinking pioneers. So I love that. And we have a lot of ex-IDEO people, as you you might imagine. Yeah, I bet you do. But what always strikes me on those kinds of walk-alongs or being in their homes is, there's no user or customer in the world who thinks about, oh, well, now I'm having a social moment and now I'm accessing the cloud. Like, none of that is is transparent to them. They're just engaging with the brand in some way. And so a lot of what we're focused on at Pinterest is just making sure it's so seamless to them, not to the point that they don't understand it's happening. And obviously, you want to make sure you're very, very transparent with how data may be getting used or not. But, but um, remembering that to the user, you just want to create this one seamless, high-trust you know, experience for them to engage with rather than getting tripped up on the channel or the method. Because to, to a user, I don't think it matters nearly as much as it seems to matter to marketers like us. Completely. You know, <laughs> you're bringing up a point, And even, even when we use the word platform, um, which, you know, we see in the fact that we are an AI-driven expert platform, that there's so much value that we can provide to yeah. the customer. But one thing we have to remind ourselves always is that words like platform don't <laughs> mean a lot to no. an average human no. walking down the street. And so often what we're trying to do is take off some of the marketing speak, That's the right. business speak, and just say, what is a person doing in their daily life? Because these really are humans on the other side. That's right. And that's, I love that you're bringing this piece up because we as marketers can get. Uh, yeah, we talk to ourselves a whole lot. Yes. You know. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah. Um, Nadine, I know you, you have so many thoughts on this topic. I want to make sure that you get a chance to jump in. You know, it's it's funny that you say that because I'm sitting here literally jumping out of my chair because you both know that I spent about 20 years as a customer centricity consultant and (laughs) I did a ton of work around omni-channel personalization and what I find to be so interesting especially with this point around cloud social and mobile is this notion of an added layer of complexity around relevancy, right? <clears throat> and I'll never forget talking with, it was Rose Hamilton. She was the chief digital officer at Pet360 at the time. So we're going back a, a while now. But she said, you know, Nadine, we're dealing with pet parents. 
they are <clears throat> looking us up online, they're usually looking us up because they want to place an order. But if they're in the dog park and their dog just got bit, they use their mobile phone, they're looking for help. And we've come so far with data. And I love, Andrea, how you were talking about, you know, not just serving up things that would normally be served up because of behavior, but also trying to serve them inspiration. That's that's actually super tricky and complicated. And we were talking about that with Susie last time and this whole concept of nutritious and delicious uh, content, right? So I'd love to know, Andre, like, how, how do you think about that? Well, I mean, I think you hit it on the head, right? Which is, is really understanding what the user, the customer, what they're looking for in that moment. And it changes based on the time of the day. It certainly changes based on time of life. Um, and, and I think the most savvy marketers or advertisers are really tuned into those things and can really use data in a more... I think interesting and therefore inspirational way. We we talk a lot of, about Pinterest about you know being as intellectually generous as possible. Meaning, people come to Pinterest explicitly raising their hands and saying, "I want to be inspired. Inspire me, brands." And that doesn't mean sell me things. It means actually teach me something. And you know, I think what's exciting to me is I'm seeing this really interesting shift happening in marketing, saying we're actually tired. We're tired of trying to sell people on things. We would rather literally inspire them or or teach them or show them something new or have a different take so that people feel the benefit of our company immediately. Even if they don't take immediate action, they're starting to feel like this is a place I come to get great advice or to learn. Um, and if I think back to financial services, as I think about you know your world, like I'm guessing someone the day before taxes are due is in a very different mindset than they are if they had two months to plan. And how are you messaging them differently during what is probably an acutely stressful time versus a kind of proactive, optimistic mindset? And how do we show up in a way that can be reassuring, but also make sure they're taking the right actions next? I I love that because we have studied that. And it's interesting. We even give tips to our customer success partners who work with people who are assisting the day before yes. taxes are due, um, you know, and, and now we even give the option, right, to have an expert um, there that you can physically see yeah. while you're doing your taxes, and that is to give you that peace of mind. So you're absolutely reflecting on that. We have been looking at and, and using voice technology that allows you to see and hear when a when a consumer is stressed. Wow. And that and and it's you know this is a whole nother topic for a whole nother podcast. I love this topic. I'm sure Nadine, <laughs> Nadine you can you can bring to us um at another point but you know voice the role that voice is going to play yeah. going forward. I mean this podcast alone. This is a a voice podcast. How we think about assisting customers um you know your Pinterest platform. I, the recipe you want, you know, getting that through audio. Sure. And I bring it up because that's the beauty of a platform right. and the amplification when voice can be digitized, and so therefore you have this ability to have yet another way to connect to customers yeah. in a very inspirational way. Yeah, absolutely. We often talk about you know the photo is the new keyboard as well, right? And so how would you make sure that not only could you, you don't need to see it to understand, but you don't need to hear it to understand too. I mean, if you want to talk about getting even really sophisticated marketing is realizing that, you know, on mobile, most people don't listen, actually. They just play a video with no sound a lot of the time, right? And and making sure that your piece could work almost 
however it gets consumed. Like no one's sitting down for dinner anymore and watching a big TV spot in the way they might have done 30 years ago where you had a more captive audience. So you have to be prepared to tell great stories that break through almost regardless of which of the senses happens to be observing it um, in that given moment for a, for a user, which is just such a formidable challenge, but I think so exciting. You're exactly right. It's, it's pretty mind-boggling how... Uh, complex this can be, but it's also incredibly exciting for marketers. Uh, One of the things we just are in the midst of being in the peak tax season period is we had this phenomenal Super Bowl spot. Perhaps you saw it, you know, TurboTax, all people are tax people. You know, great work to that team who's just phenomenal and so creative and worked with Wyden and Kennedy on it. But, you know, that song and then the dance can live on its own. That's right. And so the dance actually was uh, pushed through TikTok and has at this point, and it's still going, over 1.5 million views and people, wow. you know, doing their own dances and the choreography. And then additionally, we were able just to take the audio and have it as a Spotify ad. Wow. And so contextually, that ability to not have to have the picture or to use Amazing. Andrea's point where you only, you know, really have to make sure the picture, the 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 visual is intense and speaks a hundred words. You, yeah. That well, talk about, sense. Talk about platform amplification, what you just did there, right? Which is you managed to amplify the same spot on five or six different platforms. And it sounds like it had legs on all of them, which 100%. is, you know, not not a small feat. I think that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh, it's and you know what's interesting? Sometimes you don't even plan into these sure. things, and often when it happens organically, it is the most powerful. That's more magical, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. yes. it's actually just more human and authentic. Completely, you didn't over-engineer it. Yes, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so I've got so many ideas on about. 13 more podcasts we should be doing. Um, (laughs) But I'm dying to know one thing, actually. So when we think about rapid growth, and you mentioned TikTok, but Pinterest really, you've been experiencing like super hyper growth. You went from 10 million users to eight years later, 330 million users. I mean, that's a massive jump. How did you do that? Well, you know, what's what's so amazing is Pinterest has grown largely through word of mouth, which is extremely unique. So if you remember, this is not an inherently deeply social platform. So the vast majority of the growth of this incredible company for the last nearly a decade has been someone saying, wow, you're wearing an amazing shirt. Oh, yeah, I found it on Pinterest. Or I love your house. Oh, really? It's inspired on Pinterest. Now, of course, as we've continued to scale, that's changing. And now we're doing a lot of other things as well. But it's not only listening to pure data signals of what you've liked in the past. It's taking a guess about what we think you're going to like in the future based on more subtle cues like taste as opposed to the more quantitative stuff. If you like this book, here's another book like it. Or if you like that couch, here's another couch like it. It's a a bigger challenge to say, if you like this kind of food, here's a style of clothing you might also like. Um, And there's there's a lot of nuanced layers in the sort of beauty of the human mind about how we how we respond to things or not. Wow, okay, so I would love to keep rolling on all kinds of topics here, but I wanna take a, a different turn for a moment because I, I keep thinking about this and I did not know this about you, Andrea, but at the beginning of the podcast, you mentioned being at a design thinking firm and mm-hmm. listening to you describe Pinterest. I feel like you, you went into 
almost like a circle from where you started now into sort of maybe a dream job because weren't you at like Athleta and then before that a tech company? Yeah, so I've, (laughs) right, even way before that, a journalist, you know, so it's been a story. Yeah, right. (laughs) It's sort of storytelling and then design thinking. And obviously marketing has been maybe the red thread, but it's been a sort of an unusual red thread throughout my career. Um, But no, it is a dream job. As I was thinking about joining Pinterest, a lot of the things I asked myself was just like, what's the change we want to create in the world? And, And the idea of a more inspired world felt like a really worthy mission. And luckily, you know, the co-founders of Pinterest, one of them came from a very deep design background and had this sort of intuition about about how the role design was going to play to um, make people feel emotionally happier and and help them take real action in the real world. I mean, that's the other interesting thing about Pinterest is, and I think marketers can forget this a lot of the time, that we start to think the world happens online. It really doesn't, actually. And your consumer doesn't doesn't really deeply engage with you online. You want them to engage with you in the real world. And how can you use platforms to ensure that's happening more and more? I think we can get seduced by this idea of like, oh, well, they're engaging with our brands because they liked something we posted or they replied. That's not true deep engagement. And I think we've lost sight of that a little bit. Um, You know, it's, it's super exciting to hear you say that because our mission is powering prosperity around the world. Great. And when you said that, what I realized was part of what keeps you from, oh, my customer's only you know thinking about me through a social lens or yes. a platform lens, is that if you're anchoring back on who your consumers are and what your mission is, That's and right. we both have extremely powerful, meaningful missions, it centers you to not go down the rabbit hole of thinking that people are just looking at their online device all day and that's the only thing they do. That's right. That's right. And also, you know, what do you think leads to a more financially prosperous world or what do you think leads to a more inspired world? And, And the take we've explicitly had at Pinterest is we want to inspire action in the real world. And, um, and you know, we're never happier than when we can. And we can see it, obviously, on the platform, people saving ideas and then taking actions on them. And a lot of time, then re-uploading what they did, how they tried that idea. And, and even better, when they changed it a little bit or they iterated on it. And guess what? You know, there's millions of times where I will see a recipe. I'll see someone else's take on a recipe, especially baking. And I'll think, oh, I like how they changed the decoration on that. I'm going to try that person's idea. So the sort of like compound Pinterest, not to be too punny about it, but this idea of like, we're working together on something and I can be inspired by lots of people, not just the pros, not just always the experts, but but the amateur people who have something right. to the, bring to the party as well. Right, that's great. Yeah. Laura, when I first met you, you were at Visa and you were the CMO of North America there. Before that, you were at the same company that Andrea was just at, Gap, <laughs> right? And so tell me a little bit about why you went to Intuit after going to Amazon. Yeah, well, our career arcs are so interesting, and they're not always what exactly you plan, but it is that collection of experiences that makes you the great marketer that you become and the great communicator that you are. So I value every single one of the experiences that I had. You know, when I was looking to really stay in the Bay Area, I 
found that I really wanted to go somewhere where I believed in the mission. And this idea that Intuit really, really means what it says when it says that the mission is powering prosperity around the world really resonated with me. And the idea that the company's values completely support that, the employees believe it, was incredibly powerful. And one of the things that I found when I started the company and was doing a listening tour like you do when you're a new CMO at a company is I found that no one knew what Intuit was. And they knew QuickBooks, they knew TurboTax, they might know Mint, and if they knew Mint, they loved Mint. And so how did we build meaning and Intuit? And one of the first things that came to mind was, one, I had to build an association to those cornerstone brands so that there was an instant, oh, yes, Intuit makes these wonderful products. It's the platform with the products. But two, was to just support that idea of the mission. And yeah. and really, I built with the team, we really identified that our brand belief would be that everyone has the opportunity to prosper, no matter what zip code you're in, no matter where you're from. And that's also really core to who we are. We believe in diversity and inclusion. And so that's what drew me. And frankly, our uh, support of Intuit has been grounded in talking about this mission and the good we do to support it through our products and our people. Well, I think that's a really great mission that has a lot of deep legs. And um, that's exciting to hear more about that. I I would also say what I'm finding from young up-and-coming marketers, this new generation, is purpose is a prerequisite now. You know, it was certainly not when I got involved in marketing. When I got involved in marketing, it was initially just look, help us sell more cigarettes. Not literally, but it didn't matter what the product was. The marketer's job was just to sell it. And I think the evolution I've seen over the last 15 years is saying, look, the modern marketer is not a myth maker. You know, they're a truth teller. And so they want to get to the core truth and tell it in a beautiful way. Um, but to truly do good. I mean, it's such a powerful tool. And, and if we don't understand how to wield that tool, um, we're in trouble. So I'm really heartened by, A, the mission that you're talking about, Lara, but also that we have this new generation of marketers who are insisting that that these companies are are creating truly positive change in the world and the the products are just a a vehicle to do that but right. it is not the end game in and of itself and i think that's that's good for everyone totally i and actually that's that's part of the reason i was lighting up when you were talking about your mission because it's very similar yeah, it really um, is and the idea that generations that follow us are going to demand it that's right is incredibly exciting yes well, it's interesting. We've done some studies on our platform, too, about like what does it mean to be an inspirational brand? One of the dimensions of inspiration that we've identified is positivity. Now, I know that sounds obvious, but what it actually means is saying the tactics of marketing that used to work really well 20 years ago, fear-based marketing, there were countless examples. How do you pick up on the deepest human insecurity and poke at it until someone buys your acne medication or your diet pill or whatever it might be? Those are just less and less effective, thank goodness. Even if I think about financial services, if you were to say, you know, use us or you're going to go to jail for tax fraud, you know, like that might have worked at some point. But yeah, the carrot and the stick, that's a good stick right, right there. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, but really what we found on Pinterest is people, again, it's a positive place and they want to be reassured that, you know what, don't panic. You got this. We're going to help you call us, you know, or we can we can help you get through this. Is It's much more effective. And I think it's just much better for the world, frankly. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because that is exactly congruent with what we found, where some of the biggest fear that people have with taxes is they're scared. It's, That's right. it's confidence. That's right. And so instead of um, 
instilling fear. It's more, how do I make them feel like they're empowered? That's All right. people are tax people being That's an right. example. Well, and it's at its heart, you know, that sort of paralysis, you have to overcome that. And and people always talk about inspiration as a word. And, and I say, look, the, tr- the actual definition of inspiration is is actually creating the urge to act. So something is not inspiring if you don't, it can be cool, it can be interesting, it can be aspirational, but if you don't act on it, you were not actually inspired by that thing or that person or that idea. So being able to come from a place of positivity, of honesty, of truth, um, gives me a lot of hope for our industry, you know, going forward. That's great. Okay, so I wanna ask you all, 105 more questions and I don't have time. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say, Andrea, I've been scribbling your sayings throughout this whole podcast. I have Uh about 20 of them collected. I'm going to create an Andrea, um, (laughs) an Andrea poster. I really like this last one. Be, don't be a myth maker, be a truth teller. You have a lot of these up your sleeve. I just want to say I'm really impressed. Um, (laughs) Marketing. (laughs) You must be in marketing or something. So uh, on that note, I love that you were calling out the move towards inspirational content. And before I wrap this up, what tips would you give to folks right now, specifically at this moment in time, given how you just both beautifully painted this new version of marketing? Well, I mean, if a young and up and comer came to me and said, I want to be a CMO one day, what, you know, what would you tell me? I think the number one thing I would say is, well, there's two things I would say. One is, A diversity of background is really, really helpful. So that means, I think, again, when I was coming out of school, it was like you, and and I mean this with with, uh, total respect, but you would go work for a like a P&G and you'd spend 25 years there and you would eventually ascend the ladder and be a marketer of a global piece of their business. And and it was seen as a good thing to just be in the one place and learn, again, world-class marketing, don't get me wrong. Um, But I think what's changed now is I see a lot of value in making sure you're not only in the one industry. It's it's very different. You learn very different skills marketing thing X than a tech platform than a, you know, a pair of yoga pants. I mean, there there are things that I think have sharpened my skills as a marketer and have forced me to tune into the human truth because I might not have all the industry background in my pocket. So the quickest shortcut is go, you know what? There's a human truth no matter what business I'm in, get to that first, and you can build an entire marketing approach around that. Um, It really crystallizes your thinking. So one tip is like, look, don't be afraid of actually moving around a little bit and getting, especially when you're young, getting a sense of which kinds of industries or companies turn you on the most as a marketer. Um, I think it's only going to serve you. And then number two is is this idea of just really understanding both sides of the brain of marketing. I talk about this a lot, which is like, look, we've all fallen in love with, love with data and been told data, all the answers are, the, are in data in the last 10 years. But the truth is, is creativity and, and heart and soul still wins every time. It really does. And you need to make sure you have both and that you are very whole brained and understand you need to understand the data and be able to leverage it and use it to inform your intuition. But if you don't have a true creative's heart and soul, I don't know that you'll ever be that successful as a marketer. So we talk about, you know, Jonathan Milton Hall and the marketers we love. And yes, they're conversant, they're literate about the data, but they've never lost sight that in the end, great creative solves a lot of problems and it moves a lot of people and you need to make sure you're whole brained in your approach. Um, So anyone who's coming up through one track or the other, I would say jump tracks as much as you can just to make sure you're understanding both sides of the aisle. I 100% agree with what Andrea just said. I think another point to build on that is 
really what it comes down to is a collection of learnings. And so being curious and learning as much as you can, and that may be that you stay at one company, but then within that company, move around and get experience because that is what is going to make you an amazing marketer or if you go and decide to do something else, whatever that is. And what that yields then is an agility and really you're becoming an athlete. Uh, And that's what, you know, we look for when we're hiring people is how do you take on new challenges and be able to work in the gray? That is what's so key in a marketer today because the world is changing so rapidly around us. So I only would underscore what Andrea said and, you know, uh, build on it and put a finer point to it. You know, I, I really appreciate you guys just being able to share all these wonderful tips for everybody tuning in. My last question for you is going to be fun. And I always end my podcast with asking my guest, if money and talent were of no object, what would you be? And what would you do? And in this wow. case, Lara's already answered this once, and so I'm gonna flip it around on her, and I'm gonna flip it around on you. So, Lara, what would you guess Andrea would do if she was not in her role? Oh, oh wow. Okay, I know you just started doing this, Nadine, with guests, and I think it's hysterical. <laughs> and I know other guests have said this, Nadine, so now you know how much I listen to your podcasts. Thank but you. I do think that you would be a phenomenal teacher. Mm. And that might be it, you, you know? know? No, I mean, I, I wouldn't not be a teacher. That's a, Thank you for saying that. I, I take that as a very high compliment. You know, it's funny. I think I would actually be... Um, an OBGYN if I had not funny enough. Yeah, I think I would I think I would be a, a calm voice in a very high stress delivery room and I think I would take real pleasure out of guiding someone through an intense, really intense, scary and wonderful moment of life. So that ship has sailed unfortunately, but if all things being equal I love the idea of something like that. That's phenomenal. You know, Andrea, there are very few answers in this podcast that actually make me go straight back in my seat and think. And that was one of them. And I was like, okay, wow, that that that's your first. You you have delivered or, the first child of Simo Moves that made me go well, back in my seat. So how about or, that? Or, or uh, you know, have a waffle stand. I don't know. I mean, something, something just fun and easy. I don't know. Well, that is super noble. What do you think Lara would do? Oh, you know, I feel like she would be like a professional coach, actually, like an executive coach. I could imagine her oh, like bringing the, that. yeah, again, maybe it's a different kind of OBGYN, right? But the idea is, <laughs> is helping people in a high stress moment or see, see across the challenge to see more horizontally if they're stuck too vertically in a challenge and, and take a step back and um, approach it from a different lens. I could imagine her being really good at that. So like a high powered executive coach. Wow. Thank wow. you. I or, will take that as a compliment. Or you too. can just join my waffle stand if you want to. <laughs> that would be really fun and really uh, delightful. <laughs> I've got all kinds of things swirling in my head now. Thank you very much. But, Laura, what would you do? Oh, I would tell you, I don't know. I This is the age old question. And I. I think part of being curious is you never know. And I still believe we go off to college, we're young, we're asked to choose a major, you really have no idea what you want to do. And so it's kind of back to what 
Andrea and I were talking about, which is it, life is really about collecting experiences. And whatever you choose to do, you're going to be better off because of all that diversity of experience. It's frankly why we want diversity inclusion in the room whenever we're making hard decisions, because it right. yields better outcomes. I would be everything from an archaeologist to an anthropologist to you name it. I would love to do it. So I always give you a non-answer to this question, Nadine. But <laughs> I keep really trying. The truth. I it keep really trying. is the truth. that I know you keep trying, which is so admirable about you. You always do that. So as always, you're phenomenal in your line of questioning. <laughs> well, I uh, clearly not that phenomenal because I still have no success. Um, but that was actually a brilliant answer. I love that answer. And, and thank you, ladies, again, for being part of uh, CMO Moves, for being here with us today. Thank you for including me. It was great fun. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, I would love your help in sharing CMO Moves with one of your friends or colleagues who you think might enjoy it too. And if you have time, I would really love your review or ratings on Apple or SoundCloud. So thanks again and have a great day. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The secret to visibly firmer, summer ready skin is here. Osea's number one best selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu dot com code GLOW.